You've tuned in to the Bellingham Podcast for the week of June 9, 2019. This is episode 120. From the city of subdued excitement, I am AJ Barsay. And straight out of 9226, whether you like it or not, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, if you're like AJ and me, you know the difference between an affogato and a macchiato, and a 5.6 IPA and an 8% blonde. You get decision fatigue when you're choosing the right fleece to wear, and you've had enough with that term hipster. That's right. We're unwrapping, exposing, compartmentalizing, and declassifying stereotypes pertaining to the Pacific Northwest. So put on your took, grab your Stickerfield BPA-free water bottle, and chug a lug while driving your VW Bug to go hiking with your pug and avoid the slugs. This, by Cracky, is a Bellingham podcast. Guess what? I'm caffeinated, AJ. How are you today? <laughs> wow, Chris. You, is this how I sound to you? I, I think, I mean, you no. Know, well, it might be. I don't okay. know. Ladies and gentlemen listening in, do, do I sound like AJ an octave lower in yeah, some cases? Yeah. I don't know. Um, happy, uh, we're recording this on Friday. Happy, happy Friday. Friday. Yes, right back at you with a baseball bat. Why am I caffeinated? Because you know what? <laughs> I've used this term uh, a couple of times to colleagues that are like, how are things going? Um how are you? I Chris? feel like the Blues Brother Mobile approaching the Cook County Courthouse after the long police chase through miles and miles of downtown Chicago. Drifting. I'm about ready to get out of that car and close the door in which the car Whack. will go and collapse. I'm tired. Me too. And so in lieu of an interview, which I have a couple coming up in the near future, some I've told you about, some I haven't told you about, uh, AJ, but uh, let's have fun with this one because we started riffing on ideas for uh, what we could do for number 120. Yep. The Uh, Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties. We're now 60% on of the way to episode 200. Thank you very much. Oh, Lord. Yes. I do the math in my head. Let's talk about (laughs) stereotypes. So I got to give a quick shout out uh, to a listener and Instagram user Watch Medicine. I've mentioned him before. Uh, he actually reached out to me quite some months back and was missing the Pacific Northwest. And yes. he had said, like, it'd be cool if we did an episode on, like, like Pacific Northwest lore or legends or stereotypes and stuff like that. And I was just without like... Without the horror element? Yes. Without yeah, okay. the without Hi, Aaron Mankey. Yeah, no, not yeah. that lore. Uh, so anyway, I kind of fielded it with you and we were kind of bantering back and forth as you were over-caffeinating your minimalist self. Yes. And uh, so we're, we're this episode is Pacific Northwest stereotypes, whether you like them, the good, the bad, and the Well, hopefully this will be a good idea. Thanks for the uh, idea, Watch Medicine. Let's get into this, shall we? Let's shall. Okay, so here in the Pacific Northwest, if if you're listening to us, you are usually, most of our listeners are in this region. Some of them are abroad. Sup, Dan? Uh, Some of them are, you know, uh, across the world. Sup, Sri Lanka? And some of them are, you know, around the United States. But Pretty much the bulk of our listener base is Pacific Northwest bound, whether you are in Oregon or Washington or sub Vancouver, mm-hmm. um, this whole region. And it's funny because when you look across the United States, you know, you made the joke off the mic of uh, Southern hospitality, right? Yes, that's a cultural thing. It depends on what part of the South you are from, of course. Yes. The East Coast, you are a little bit more buttoned uh, buttoned up. I and mean, a little bit more intense and a yep. little bit focused. Like, you know, I got I don't have time for chitter-chatter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You got a New York Minute, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, you know, uh, you've got every, every zone in the United States, anywhere in the world, you have this uh, eclectic culture that makes a region. And that's what we're going to dissect on this episode is looking and mocking at sometimes 
our own Pacific, the PNW, the PNW vibe, man. Yes, and you know, as we're doing a little bit of checking around uh, the internets, we in this, we in the Pacific Northwest, could be viewed as unfriendly. Yeah, are we seeing this trend nowadays with everyone's nose in a device? Have we talked about this for 119 episodes? Never, I've never mentioned this ever. We got we got a a link to a linked article (laughs) in our show notes. Drink uh, that talks about uh, you know a survey that references what a a, a recent term called the Seattle freeze. No, it's not something you pick up in a Wendy's drive-through in downtown uh, Wallingford. This is something where people just in this region may or may not care to meet new people. Yeah. And I found that when I've been able to tour the South in various areas, there were some really friendly people that would stop and how y'all doing today? Y'all meaning just me. <laughs> uh, we have we have some additional uh, links, but there's a quiz that we have available. <laughs> that you posted in the yeah. notes. Oh, it's, it's, it's how Pacific Northwest are you? Okay, well, okay. This quiz is like one of those quizzes that would be on like Facebook. It's not a, like it's a, a statistical, yeah. it's not a statistical thing, it's like but a it's funny. Feed. What type of sunflower are you? No. What kind anyway. of Disney princess are you? I've, yo, Elsa, baby. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> uh, that's a little too much Let information. It yeah, Let it go. I, I just did. So uh, as it turns out, if you go to brainfall.com, we've got a continuing link to click on if you're on your mobile device or desktop. Uh, you go through a series of about eight to 10 questions where you have a multiple choice uh, where you have to choose like the least evil of all these answers or the least, yeah. the most relevant, which doesn't really describe most right, of us. Right. I got, I am, uh, ladies and gentlemen, 57% PNW, <laughs> uh, even though I've lived here for the better part of 35 years. <laughs> yes. And so obviously I belong somewhere else. Well, AJ, according to this very statistically uh, accurate, accurate and, yeah. and well-researched uh, Elsa quiz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I took the same quiz because I was just like, really? I can't believe you would. Oh, nope. Chris did. He did put one of those quizzes in there. Uh, I got 87%. Because <laughs> you are you are PNW. You believe PNW. I pretty much do, apparently. I, I have a cha- I have a, I should be getting a tattoo and apparently putting a bird we'll, on we'll things. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, as you, those of you in Minnesota, hi Patrick, uh, may want to check this out to see if you qualify to be in PNW land. Uh, this might be a good uh, barometer to see how well you see fit if in. See if you're part of the Rainier royalty. Oh, that's a good one. Uh. You heard it here first. So uh, let's talk about the culture of this uh, land that we have. Uh, you know, you've got. Washington, Oregon, Idaho. In grade school, that's the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, this area, as it's kind of evolved into in the 21st century, can be referred to as the Republic of Cascadia. Yeah. You may have heard this in some areas on TV, Mm -hmm. or it it has a lot to do with maybe, and oh, I'm going to use the P word. Are you ready, folks? It may be on how things are politically uh, leaning in some of these areas, depending. Depending, depending. But um, this little strip of the coastal area, as opposed to a little more Land with the Cascade Mountains bisecting uh, this this region kind of has two separate areas, even though there's uh, contiguous states, right? Or so, and, and country. I mean, like the, the 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 whole province of British Columbia is part of the the Republic of Cascadia. Yes, and and we are international because yes. it's not just America. America. Uh, we're also talking about our neighbors to the north. Um, what what's you know when you think of the Northwest since the 90s, it's been Microsoft. 
Yeah. This has been Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft Bill. And, Bill. you know, recently Amazon, Amazon Bill. Bill. So uh, this is a, you know, this is a bit of a cultural thing in the Northwest. It's not just Silicon Valley down there. Well, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up because like I, I put in the notes tech and I knew that you would, you would totally riff off that because like a lot of us think the the Apple mothership, mm-hmm. we think Silicon Valley, no, not the HBO show, but you know, the actual place. Right. And yes, like the, the, the Bay Area has always had that influence, but here in the Pacific Northwest, we kind of forget we also have our tech sphere. We have uh, Redmond, Washington, good mm-hmm. old, you know, uh, original uh, Microsoft, and now Jeff Bezos and his orbs yes. in, in Seattle for Amazon and the growth that that, that tech lifestyle Goliath. We might have a different lifestyle up here yeah. than down there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, th- we, we do have a little bit, of, I mean, compared to other states in the union, we may have more devices. We may be sp- spending more time in our devices. I think we're, 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 uh, we are tech cognizant. Yes. Okay. Like we're, I mean, I guess all bias is aside of how we feel about Microsoft. Like Microsoft does have products for business and productivity and stuff. And I would say, by and large, most of the Pacific Northwest are heavy users of technology and not necessarily like um, innovators of technology. And I'm not saying that to slight Microsoft or Amazon or anything like that. I'm just saying it just critically speaking, like a lot of people will have smart watches and maybe as we talk on our show every year, they'll go to a new device, but mm-hmm. you don't really necessarily see a lot of startups here. Like sure. Silicon Valley, the South, you look at, at, at California, their culture is really driven of innovation as yep. opposed to us. We're kind of, once it's there, we're like the- We're adopters. We're adopters. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So uh, this next part of the culture is something that I pretty much categorically do not uh, uh, resemble, uh, but AJ, you do. Uh, mountain biking, running, <laughs> kayaking, and hiking. I am urban none of hikers the grand tour, buddy. Puke, man, I'm a power guy. I'll, uh. I'll run through a wall for you, <laughs> but to make me go on a five mile hike, I only do it for my wife because I love her. So, but this is a cultural thing about it is. Uh, this region because we've got elevation. Yeah, yeah, no, like this is the, the, so okay. So if you look at most people, okay, and we're gonna get into a subset of this, like uh, how athletics deals in fashion up here, but like. If you talk to most people, we get out, like just like we did the Urban Grabbers Grand Tour. Like we get out, despite the weather that we. No have matter right. what the weather yeah, is, okay. We don't care. <laughs> no, like, and it doesn't matter if you go for a block, a mile, a 10k, or a marathon. But it's integrated into our culture, like rain or shine, or we work hard to play hard. Yeah, you know, and we capitalize on it. That's what I mean by that. Like we are adventurers with a lowercase a. You see a lot more people on a sunny day down maybe at Boulevard Park when they see people paddleboarding. Yes. Being like, whoa, that looks really fun. Mm-hmm. I want to try that. Sure. I don't, I think, I, I think that's, that is something that is uniquely a part of our culture up here in the Pacific Northwest. If we see it, we feel like we can do it and we want to try it. Hence the term adopters. Yes. There you go. Uh, another uh, part of culture, should you think if you're listening to this in another area, or if you happen to be listening in Bellingham to community powered KMRE 102.3 FM. Community powered and also streaming at KMRE.org. You might be uh, having a dog or multiple dogs. We are a dog friendly region, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, to all the cat listeners out there, we still respect and love your furry friends. We do. 
We do. Okay. We do. Enough. Uh, yeah, sure. But, okay. but I'm just saying, no, it's by and large. Like uh, a friend of mine who was not from this region was surprised the fact that there's not just service dogs, but just pets and how many pet friendly places you could bring your pooch. Yes. Uh, into public places, into restaurants, grocery stores, Brew uh, pubs. bars. <laughs> yeah. We actually have one here in town. Pause like a dog's pause for a while. Yeah. It's a place where you can have a pint, a drink, if you will, and bring your pet along. If your pooch is uh, above the legal age of drinking in pooch years. And they must uh, enjoy a microbrew. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, anyway, along with uh, having dogs as pets in all these areas to be able to take your dog for uh, a walk, mm -hmm. we do have a public service announcement. Please AJ, pick up your dog's poop. This public, this public service announcement has been brought to you by the Bellingham Podcast. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, the, the, in the culture of this area, which for some reason, you know, well, let's just take the, uh, the upper center. Let's take Michigan, uh, Wisconsin. Center, got it. Yeah. Uh, Detroit, Motor City, General yep. Motors. There's yep. a lot of Ford. There's oh, a yeah. Lot of, yeah. 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 Um, in California, power is a little, you know, gas and, and this stuff. So Tesla, a lot of electric cars. Yep. We got Subarus, yo. Yo, Subaru Outback might as well be the unofficial spokesperson of like most driving up in the Pacific Northwest, yo. I, I used to drive one. I'm you familiar. Ride, that's right, the Black did, Beast. Uh, yes, and so uh, I have familiarity with that. Yes, but I mean, like, I, I, I dare you, listeners, to do the Kevin Bacon effect. Think of if you don't drive a Subaru, <laughs> I want you to think of like the next person that comes to your mind. Your 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 friend that you go down to your favorite microbrew. Maybe that podcast partner that you go get to coffee at Camber. Yes. Okay, and then ask them. If they've either driven or know somebody who has a Subaru, I bet you you will find a Kevin Bacon Subaru effect within two people or less. And if Kevin Bacon, if you're listening right now, thanks for listening to the <laughs> Bellingham Podcast. We'd love to have you on the show. Oh, standing M offer. Moving on. <laughs> um, speaking of vehicles in the in the Pacific Northwest region, and I'm going to speak for the Republic of Cascadia because I haven't done much driving in the east side of the of Washington State. Really? Nor, nope. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, or the east side of Oregon mm -hmm. or the state of Idaho. I'm still viewing the Pacific Northwest mm -hmm. as Washington, Oregon, and, and Idaho. That yeah. was what I grew up in the in grade school. Yeah, same. My geography, so that's what I'm thinking. Um, in Western Washington, which is my frame of reference for my almost 30 years of driving, we uh, as a collective have a conundrum when it comes to four way stops. Who goes first? first. Hey, kids, guess what? I checked the manual. When you arrive at a four way stop, look to the person or the driver to your right, they can go before you. But it's a matter of who got there first, really. Because, like, is, did you stop or did are you the wheels rolling? rolling stop? Are they at yeah. a, yeah. Or better yet, like, if you're on uh, a certain road near a certain high school in this town, <laughs> that there isn't a four way stop, but everybody treats it that way, even yep. though the main thoroughfare is the main thoroughfare. Quit being nice. I will say, when we drive here in the Pacific Northwest, I think sometimes we are overly nice and. We are overly cautious. Like, yeah, sometimes we may drive fast, but overly, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I think sometimes we're a little bit overly worrisome behind the wheel. This portion of the Bellingham podcast is brought to you by Allstate, Pemco, Geico, <laughs> Farmers, Farm and other car insurance companies. <laughs> uh, anyway, on behalf of defensive, safe drivers that don't like getting in wrecks, yeah. uh, thank you for your conscientious driving. However, feel free to be assertive every now and then, especially right. as you approach a four-way stop. And please stop. <laughs> 
Well, that can help out too. As That's, a motorcyclist, trust me, please uh, stop. Oh yeah, motorcyclist. Stop. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what else do we got for a culture stuff? Okay, so along the same wheeling lines, um, mountain biking might as well be an, a registered cult of the Pacific Northwest. Go on. Well, I mean, it's a thing. Like it, it's a thing. It is a thing. Mountain biking, if you look, even in our own town, Galbraith is like a mecca for mountain bikers. Yes, it is. You go to Squamish, it is a mecca for mountain biking. Like, it, one of the things, it's not just a mode of transportation, it is people tweaking, you want to talk about gearheads, tweaking their kit, thinking about uh, the next ride, what are they going to equip that bike with on, just for that one ride. You look at our own... Um, the Bellingham Traverse. Yes. You know, there's a mountain biking leg to which I have done once and only once because <laughs> it. You do have to have some technical oh, yeah. skill. And and ski to see. I just recently happened. There's a leg out of one of the seven legs, I believe, is a cyclocross. Is what cyclocross, the, yeah. is what the kids are calling it nowadays. Pretty much mountain biking or, or biking down mm-hmm. a mountain because mm-hmm. we have mountains around here. In case you haven't learned Wait, by now, really. Yeah, we do. Hmm. So, uh, but yes, there's a definite, uh, what, what the Subarus are nicely equipped with roof racks <laughs> to be able to put the bikes, <laughs> bikes on. Yeah. In, yeah. If not, unless it's your kayaker. This is something that a lot of Northwest uh, residents can identify with. Yeah. So, uh, but we have a couple of, as far as uh, you have in the show notes, AJ, I'm going to let you take this one mm-hmm. uh, about preppers yeah. and, and, and tiny house aficionados. So, yeah. So one of the things that I, in doing research into this, I find it, there was a couple of different mentions in the fact that Washington state, and they don't, don't specify which side of Washington state, which I could probably agree with. Preppers, these are people who are outdoor aficionados preparing for the zombie apocalypse. Now, th- preparing for when things hit, hit the, the fan. fan. Yes. yes. And it's interesting because if you look at both sides of the state, like these are people who you'll also see the term survivalists. I use that word loosely, mm-hmm. but these are people who are actively thinking about emergency like, situation situations. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just interesting that we're apparently a hotspot for it. I got a link in the show notes. Drink by cracky drink. That Why go- don't you? <laughs> it goes back to 2016. Will they be drinking during the zombie apocalypse? I yes, would think so. It'll be in the water containers, mm. the 50 gallon jugs that you can use desalinization and, and other types of filter to be able to drink that water. Will it be organic at that point? It could very well be. Okay. We'll get to that in a second. Um, so the other thing is tiny homes. Now, yes. this is something that uh, is appealing to both you and I. I, um, I do have a little bit of uh, an affinity for that, even though, don't worry, wifey, I'm a family man. <laughs> and I'm and very happy with our house and all that is contained in our square footage. <laughs> so speaks the minimalist of the that, podcast. That's right. But no, like tiny homes, if you haven't seen these, these are um, non-conventional homes that are usually self-built by people for a multitude of reasons. It could be that they're downsizing. It could be as a secondary domicile. It could be for people getting out of debt. There's a multitude of reasons why people tiny home it. Or by people who don't want debt and don't have a need for a whole lot of stuff yeah. and actually may want to be able to own a home and not be saddled with a 30-year mortgage. Exactly. Can you hear me now? Some tiny home uh, dwellers can. Yes. Uh, and so there's there's two links that I have in the show notes. Drink! One is from the Spokesman's Review, which is the, the, the press out of Spokane, with regards to how I got the second link, which is uh, legislators in our state are actually looking at tiny homes as a part of our housing issue that we're really? having. Yeah, and I don't know a lot about it uh, because it is actually in this year's, this last year's legislation, um, there's a, uh, a state bill, uh, state bill 5384, I believe, okay. where um, it would allow if this passed and by the time of this recording, maybe we will know. I don't know. What they were looking at is to establish a process to authorize 
tiny house communities outside of urban growth areas. So for instance, again, this is very glossary that I was looking at this. This could potentially help like even here in our, in our own uh, city of subdued excitement where in down in Bellingham proper, good luck trying to find a house for under 500,000. Yeah. It's getting there. You know, for a working family that Mm -hmm. is not doable. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, rents are going up regardless of our city or any other city. So how could you get around this? Well, what if you owned your own tiny home and there was communities think like a, I'm guessing like a co-op or co-housing situation, land, et cetera. And this, uh, apparently our state was looking into how to verify or how to, how to go about this. Um, there's a link in the show notes. If you're a policy wonk, go ahead and read it and go ahead and send us a message on Instagram or shoot us a message through the, uh, bellinghampodcast.com because we, we don't know a lot about it. And we love the wonks, yes. uh, all, all around us. It's something to think about. And I will give, uh, our legislature props in this case, and I don't get political in a lot of ways, but you know, if things are not hunky dory. It's good to try something, yeah. to at least have a discussion to consider something yeah. and without getting shot down within the first 30 seconds that that idea is aired. So good on State Bill 5384. Uh, and if you're interested, check out a little bit more uh, online to learn more about it. Uh, and otherwise, if you happen to enjoy the YouTube, uh, there's a wonderful little uh, channel called Living Large in a Tiny house, yeah, uh, something along those lines. And so, if you go tiny house living, you might be able to find this one. Uh, this there's a gentleman uh, down in New Zealand, I, I believe. believe so, yeah. Queensland, I think. Queensland, thank you very much. And he uh, should have looked up his name. I can't that's remember. All good. I know the channel. It's wonderfully videotaped or recorded. Videotaped? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm (laughs) from the 80s. Leave me alone. Uh, These beautiful tiny homes and how these folks have spent a decent amount of money, but it's not as much as you think as a uh, a $400,000 home, Yeah. but it's decked out and they're really uh, optimizing the limited space that they have. Mm -hmm. And they have um, multiple uses for certain areas. And I'm I'm inspired by Same the ingenuity here. and the innovation and the creativity and the cleverness that some of these tiny home buyers have. And plus, it's really nice just to let your mind go, ah, this is in- entertaining to watch. Well, what's great is it is a physical representation of what you practice, minimalism. Like you actually have to look at the space and what brings you joy because that's all the space you got. Yep. And if that appeals to you and if you're a fellow minimalist like me, that might be something you're uh, considering. But uh, anyway, tiny homes uh, are, are definitely part of the Pacific Northwest stereotype yeah. culture. It's an emerging one, that's for sure, uh, as as things develop. Um, so take this one, AJ. So I got, I got, I got to, I have to broach this because you even come from the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah. The, the, the converging point of the units known as Sasquatch units. Yeah, go for it. Keep so going. Sasquatch, which is basically our uh, Yeti, Bigfoot, uh, big yeah. you know. Uh, this our is Loch Ness. If our you will. Loch Ness. Yes. Uh, this is a huge part of our culture. And it's funny because it's not just like like underground culture where people are like doing science and pseudoscience to find said Bigfoot, but you see it in um, memorabilia. You see it on postcards. Like Sasquatch 
is literally like the mask, unofficial mask, one of the unofficial mascots of the Pacific Northwest. And some people have even had Elvis sightings dressed as a Sasquatch. <laughs> Let's combine the two in one for the sightings of wonks among us. Beaver Sasquatch. That's right. Very um, cool. So what is the Zapatopi.net? Zapatopi.net. Um, I have a link in the show notes. Drink. Zapatopi, is, it's just a fun couple of blogs where they hit on different tropes of the Pacific Northwest. This one has to deal with Bigfoot sightings and Sasquatch and stuff. There's another one that we'll probably cover in a future episode with regards to this conservation effort that is in dire need for all of us to pay attention to, and that is preserving the Cascadian tree octopus. It's a thing. We'll talk about a, it's, it's a, a thing. thing. Huh? It's a thing. Okay. But anyway, uh, again, it's it's a, another trope of, of the Pacific Northwest, huh. like Sasquatch, the tree octopus, uh, part of our mythos and lore. Like but, like most listeners, I was unaware about the Cascade the, Tree the octopus. octopus. Yeah, everybody who's listening to that going, AJ must have made that up. And the, nope. and the, and the snarky uh, part of me is like, oh yeah, the CTO. I'm like, I, no, but no, I've never heard of this. Yeah. So as you can see, folks, as we've talked about some cultural stereotypes of what it's like to live in this area, we're kind of you know stretching <laughs> in a little bit because here's the thing: this is a newer region in the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. And what we found is. Um, Let's you know earlier in the show, I busted out an accent. You did. I did. What what accent was that? It was a southern hospitality. Ah, oh, that yes. one. So, what accent was that? <laughs> I was trying. Anyway, I was riffing. Okay, um, I was riffing. We we have uh, this thing in America, this this oddity that the longer a region is has been settled, the more accents it will contain. Hmm. Uh, th- there are some linguists out there, and I'm enunciating for the linguists that might be listening. Uh, they they may argue that local accents are starting to die out because of geographic mobility. We are a region of migrants because, I mean, sure, there may be uh, some multi-generational three or four generations of uh, folks, residents of a certain area in the Northwest Highlanden. Uh, but otherwise, we're talking about centuries of the same roots. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at the East Coast. Totes. And they have a wide variety of accents. Except New Amsterdam. Yes. And uh, while my accents are good in some, I'm not going to try to butcher them by trying to imitate them. But in the Northwest, some people might think that we have what do you call broadcast English, like news reporters. Sure. Because we're not seeing that we have an accent. But if we go over to England or overseas, it's like, oh, yeah, y'all got an accent. Uh, (laughs) That is rather curious. We've got a couple uh, more links. But there's a news, uh, uh, a King 5 News thing from 2012. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I wanted to find something, bring this local, right? And so yes. King 5 News, or Kong, uh, out of Seattle in 2012, had this really cool bit about uh, going around and talking to people in Seattle and uh, about accents. And they backed it up with uh, Professor Evans uh, out of the University of Washington. And they're trying to do research at the time how to define Seattle or Pacific Northwest dialect. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know the, the linguistic the term. Yeah. But uh, what they, at, at the preliminary part of this, this report, the, um, the, the, the research was showing that our dialect has this, this thing called a low back vowel merger, which is what, why like, things like um, bag and bag, hmm. people have a differentiation of how they say those two words. Do you put it in a bag or do you put it in a bag? I've thought a low back vowel merger was actually what happens on State Route 167 around uh, the end of the workday. 
Zing. Anyway, um, <laughs> but no, uh, Dawn and Down. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm overdoing it to, because sure. a lot of people see the word D-O-N and D-A-W-N and say the same thing. Sure. Yet, if you go to different places in the United States, there is a differentiation subtle, but you can hear it. Over here, apparently, we lack that low back vowel merger. Interesting. You know what, AJ? I, I just had a thought here. Um, I'm looking at the time of our recording right now. This is a rather entertaining. We should make this a two-part episode. I think we should. So why don't we tentatively, or like at least for episode 120, wrap this up, and then we'll do a two-parter for the following week. Ooh, we we're haven't done that in a while. But we're going to do some clever editing and hopefully a one-take fashion. So <laughs> stick a fork in this one. That wraps it up for this 120th edition, a two-parter, if you were, uh, of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get our podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might listen to us. On community-powered KMRE 102.3 FM and streaming worldwide, planetary-wide at KMRE.org. From 9226, watching the clock on our podcast recording <laughs> equipment turn to 30 minutes, I'm Chris Powell. And from the Republic of Cascadia, I'm AJ Barsay. We will continue this next week. Here's a, our, our show notes are just chock full of stuff. we got to keep this thing going. I love it. I love it. <laughs>